Thank you, my brother. Man, I love that song. I want to make much of you, Jesus. That's our, our main goal at our church here is to make much of the Lord, make much of Jesus. Turn to John 1. I want to look in the next few weeks in the book of John. You know, usually when someone comes to know Christ as their Savior, uh, we, we tell them, hey, start reading the Bible, but start in the book of John. And they said there's been more people come to know Christ by reading the book of John than any other book in the Bible because it's, it's very simple. It's short sentences. Uh, it, it shows who Christ is. And it's just a very powerful, uh, powerful book. Um, we have Matthew, Mark, and Luke, John are, are the Gospels, but we, we start to see a, a kind of a different picture here. If you go to Luke, you know, don't turn there, but if you, you look at the book of Luke, um, it tends to show Jesus coming in a manger, and we use Luke 2 for the beautiful scripture for Christmas time. And really, this John 1, a lot of people will use this as a Christmas message because it shows just Christ coming as flesh, and the Word became flesh, my Bible says. But I, I want us to, to take a look at this today because I think to understand how to be saved and how to understand the gospel, and the gospel just very simply is the good news of Christ. But the first thing that we have to understand is who Jesus is. If we don't understand that, we're not going to get any further. And there's a lot of people trying to figure that out. There's a lot of tri people trying to make history make sense by the little brief time that we spend on this timeline of history. You know, you go all the way back to the Garden of Eden and you come on through and all the Old Testament, you come through the birth of Jesus and his ministry, you come through to the, the death on the cross and the resurrection, you come into Pentecost and the Holy Spirit comes upon the world and, 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 uh, in, a, in a new and more remarkable way where it indwells our, our spirit as we're saved and it goes into the, the, the first churches and the church begins to start and it's, it's growing and growing and growing. But a lot of times when we get to us and, and my 51 years here on this earth, and you just put the blank in there how long you've been on this earth, but we try to make everything make sense by just this little time that I've been on earth. And guys, we have to understand that there is time way before us, and there's going to be time way after us. And what makes help our little part make sense is understanding the before and the after. We must understand the before and the after to make sense of what we've got today. We must know the major players. A lot of times our major player is us. We look in the mirror every day and it's all about us. It's all about what we want. It's all about what we're trying to do. And listen, God does make much of us through his son, Jesus Christ. But the major player in this whole, whole creation thing and salvation thing and why we come to church and, and why we can look forward to a place called heaven and why in the, in the moment of losing our loved ones we can have hope in Jesus Christ is because of that major role player and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus Christ. And the more we understand that, the more we will understand what is going on. Many people do not understand these major players. They don't know the plot or they don't know the plan or the purpose of what life is all about. If you go to a movie, the first thing you're trying to figure out is what the plot line is. What, what's going on in this movie? Where is it taking me? What am I going to learn from this movie? You can look at the life of Christ and you can look at creation and all through the Bible as this movie going on before our eyes. We must realize what the plot is and what the plan is. Guys, the plan was to find us. The plan was to offer us salvation. We were lost. We were lost. We are lost without Jesus Christ. And the major plan of all this going on, all the history of mankind, the major plan is this, that people will come to know Jesus Christ as Savior. That's pretty huge when you think about that. 
When you think about all of human being and all of, all of mankind and all of time and all history, all has to do with people finding Jesus, it puts a whole new perspective on life. It puts a whole new perspective on life. I want to show you a picture that we normally look at just at Christmas time. Here in just a minute, we're going to read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Here we look at one picture out of all the history. And I'm afraid today if I had people stand up and say, what does that picture mean to you? Well, that's the birth of Christ. People maybe that don't know Jesus, they would just see a baby being born. They might not even know that it was the Savior. They might not even know who these players are in this picture. They might not know that that was Jesus' earthly father, Joseph. And they might not know about his mother, Mary. They might not know who that baby is. This is just one picture in the frame of all mankind. One picture. Well, this talks about Jesus being born, or this talks about him being born there in the stable. This is where Jesus came to, to be among us. We see just very simple thing, but at the end we're going to look at this picture again, and we're going to see how much bigger and how much more the story there is than just one picture of a baby and a man and a woman. It's so much huger, so much larger than life. That's unbelievable as we look at this one picture one moment, one frame in time. Many make the mistake with Jesus, assume he's just an historical figure from 2,000 years ago. But amen, he's much more than that. Amen, he's much more than that. Jesus was not just a religious leader who lived in one particular slice of world history. He existed before the world began, and he, be, he was a part of creation. We must realize that. This is not the first appearance of Jesus ever. This was the first appearance of Jesus to mankind, but he's been long before that. And there is even more to the story. He will return to earth again. He claims his rightful position as king of kings and lord of lords. There's more to this story. This isn't the end. This is the kind of the beginning for us. His kingdom will never end. In other words, Jesus ex exited, existed before the world began and will reign long after the present world is over. Guys, my little life is just going to span 60, 70, 80, 100 years, whatever it is. But Jesus existed forever, and he will exist forever. We, our soul, will exist forever. And knowing and understanding how all this plays into our life is huge. I want to tell you this morning, he is the Lord of history. He is, has always been, in complete control of the world. He is eternal. We must know that. This is not the first time, that picture was not the first time that Jesus showed up to this world. He had been here long, long, long before that. Let's read John 1 this morning, first 14 verses. John 1, first 14 verses. And begin to see not just this one slice, this one picture, this one part of history, but begin to see all of history unfold before our very eyes this morning. The Bible says in John 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. Let me go back and read the first verse for you like this so you know who we're talking about. You know, words is something we use to express who we are. You know about my character. You know about who I am as a person by the words that I use. In the beginning was the Word. The way that God, God the Father, expressed himself was through Jesus Christ. 
So let's read this. Wherever you see the word, we're going to put Jesus' name in there. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Now that's huge to get into our brain. He wasn't just, he was definitely a son of God, but he wasn't just that. He wasn't some divine person like, a, like an angel. He, did, he didn't do great, you know, he did great things, but that wasn't all about him. But we see that Jesus was with God. In the beginning, he was there, and he was God. And that tells us some remarkable things about God. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Verse 2, he was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made, talking about Jesus. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, talking about Jesus, so that through him all might believe, talking about Jesus. He himself was not the light, talking about John the Baptist. He came only as a witness to the light, talking about Jesus. The true light, Jesus, that gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, Jesus, and though the world was made through him, Jesus, the world did not recognize him, Jesus. He came to us, which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, Jesus, to those who believed in his name, Jesus, he gave them the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. This is something supernatural. When you give your heart to Jesus, guys, it's something supernatural. It's not by the bloodline. It's not because mom and dad were a Christian. It's not because great-grandma brought you to church. It's not through the blood. It's not through willing it by our power. Oh, I'm going to be saved. I'm going I'm to just, just do better. I'm going to do better. Guys, we won't do better. But it's through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That's where salvation comes from. 14, the Word became flesh, talking about Jesus, and made his dwelling among us. That's the first picture we've seen. The Word, Jesus, became flesh. He became a baby made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Amen? What well, some powerful verses, guys. This is the bedrock of what we believe. This is the bedrock of what we do as Christians. This proclaims to the world who Jesus is. He's not some just great teacher from the past. He's not some great person that the Bible's about, and it's, it's all that, but it's much, much, much more than that. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. That's huge. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your power. Thank you for the power of your word, and help our eyes open up to see the big picture. Help us see the whole movie from beginning to never end, and there's no beginning, there's no end. It's a, it's a movie like we've never experienced before. Lord, thank you for being among us. Thank you for sacrificing all that heaven had to come and dwell among us and bring us salvation. Lord, teach us about you this morning. May we know more about you when we leave than when we came. In your name we pray, amen. Wonderful, beautiful. What does this mean to us? What does that have to do with us personally? How does this intersect our lives 2,000 years ago, this little baby came, and yes, he's fully God, he's fully man, and all these great things, but how does, it, how does it work on me today? What does it mean to me today? What difference does it make ultimately? 
Here's some things I want you to know real quickly this morning. First of all, Jesus Christ is God, all right? He's not from God. He's not a God with a little g. Jesus Christ is God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Trinity. We believe they are three in one. We believe that they work in in, uh, complete coordination with one another. One never goes out of line without the other. One always knows what the other is doing. They work completely together. One is the same. I cannot explain that to you in a hundred million years completely so our little brain can understand it, but I know God is there, and I see the parts of the Godhead over and over and over in the Gospels. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In the beginning was the word Jesus, and the word Jesus was God, and and Jesus was God. He was with God in the beginning. Though through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made, and him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There's many people you'll see every week in the news just about, oh, we think we found that God gene. We think we found that God cell that that makes everything work. I just can save them a whole lot of time and a whole lot of money. Just trust in Jesus Christ, amen? He's the one that created it all. We just read it there. Through him, all things were made. There is not one thing that was made that Jesus didn't create. Think about that just a minute. That's, that's the God we serve. That, that gives us a whole new perspective on what's going on in the world. It's going to come through Jesus. What's, how's this going to happen? Or what's going to happen here? Or what's going to happen at the end of time? Or what's going to happen in the rapture? Or what's going to happen at the second coming or the tribulation? It all goes through Jesus. Just get in behind him and follow him. That's what he says. Follow me. And the world's trying to find this and that. And why does this exist? And how are babies made? And all these things. Everything that was made was made by Jesus. Not one thing that ever existed was not made by Jesus. It was all made by him. It's all made by him. There's, that that's, makes it really simple. We have tried to complicate and complicate and complicate God's word. People try to complicate and complicate what all religion is about. Just follow Jesus Christ and you will never, ever go wrong. Because he always has been and he always will be. That's the one I want to follow. I don't want to follow someone that started somewhere. That means they're just like me. I started somewhere. But Jesus always has been. He always has been. Jesus Christ is God. Number two, we know that what God is like. It says, what, what did it say? And Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. A lot of people say, oh, you know, they've got one little snapshot of God in their mind. God is this long gray-headed beard guy up in heaven in a rocking chair and he's just sitting there rocking or or he's he's this god i call on when things are rough or he's this god i call on when i need things um he's the god that just sends lightning bolts down and zaps people when they don't do what they're supposed to do you know we have these one little snapshot things of god in all of our society and all the culture what is god like but what does it say here first john one we're going to switch books on you That which was from the beginning, Jesus, we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testify it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with with the Father and has appeared to us. Now, what does that say? Jesus said this, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If we look at the life of Jesus Christ, you've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you can look at his ministry. 
If you want to just break it down to the book we're in, book of John. If you want to know what God is like, look at the life of Jesus. Because Jesus is God. God used Jesus to express who he was to us. Just like we use words to express who we are and what we want to say to you, the word that God used was Jesus. And so when you see the life of Jesus, you see love, you see mercy, you see compassion, you see uh, holiness, you see perfection, you see care and love like we've never been modeled before. Those are the things, that's what God is like. And people try to make God something way out there that's untouchable, that's unseen, that we don't really know about. It's a big mystery. And guys, listen to me. I'll agree with you. We do not know everything there is about God, and we probably will never know everything there is to know about God. But I don't want to know everything about my God. I want God to know more than me. I want him to be more prepared than I am. And we look at this, that which was from, again, we have heard, we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, which means that he came, that one that lived forever, the one that's always been, the one that created all, he came as that baby that we looked at the picture of, that snapshot, and, he's, and we've touched him, and we've seen him, we've listened to him, we have seen it, and he says, if we have seen him, we have seen God. And now we understand what God's like. You start to see the picture getting bigger? Starting to grow, isn't it? Starting to grow. It's not just a snapshot of a little baby in a manger now. It's starting to grow. You start to realize the, the breadth and the width and how huge this thing is that we, we pertains to God. Number three, we know where everything came from. Colossians 1, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Think about that just a minute. That'll kind of get your mind to hurt, and that'll get your brain hurt. Again, the world is trying to figure out what holds matter together. Where's the God particle? You know, why? You know, where did man come from? I think we were this monkey that, you know, we actually were slime, and then we kind of turned into a tadpole, and, and then we started crawling on the ground, and then we got legs, and then we started crawling around like this, and then we started standing up a little bit more, and then now we're up the way we are. I guess in the future we'll just bend over backwards and break. I don't know. Think about it, guys. Think about how our world is approaching trying to understand God. It, it's comical. It's comical to us, but really it's sad. It's sad to God. It must break God's heart because he said, you know, I know I'm hard to understand. I know that you can't get all me who, who I am. and You can't comprehend it all with your brain. I'm going to send my only begotten son, and I want you to look at him and how you perceive him and what you see in him. That's me. That's me. That's who I am. And people still want to look at 100,000 different ways except God to figure out the world. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Do we see the, the bigger picture coming? Look at, look at from the beginning of time until way out there in eternity. Isn't it good to know that you serve the God that holds all things together? Isn't it good to know that you, hold, you serve the God that created all things and all things that are made were created by him? Do you start to see how this intersects your life? 
You ever have those days where you think that your troubles are so big that nobody could ever understand and that nobody could ever help you with them? I'm telling you guys, when we serve a God that we serve, when we serve this God that can hold everything in the world together, I believe with all of my heart he can take care of my problems. I believe he can. Don't you believe that? Amen? You see how, how we're just, the, you know, our, our job's easy. He, he can take care of us and, and, you know, he can do two or three things at once. He can multitask, as they say today. Guys, he can take care of you. He can be there for you. He can lift you up in the worst of times. He holds you all together anyway. Did you know my bones and my body and my skin, it's all held together by God? How do I know that? In him, all things hold together. You see how much bigger this picture's getting by the second? This picture's way bigger than what I thought it was. I thought we were just looking at a picture of a baby in a manger. All of a sudden, now we've got the whole universe being held together. Do you see the power and the might and the awesomeness as we sang this morning? Do you see the awesomeness of the God that we serve? Amazing. Amazing. This means that we have a God we can know. Did Jesus' life begin in a manger? No. Did he merely become the son of man at some point in his life? No, he's always been. It says, no, for there could have been... There could not have been an incarnation if Jesus did not previously exist. We believe that Jesus is the incarnation or the embodiment of God. That's some big churchy words. But we believe that Jesus is the embodiment of God. If he didn't exist before, he couldn't became the embodiment of God. He could not have been pre-incarnated. He could have been incarnated there to come as a baby. He's always been, but he chose to come as the baby so that we could know God. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Remember that. Remember that. Our next one, since we know that, we know God cares for us. That's what I was talking about. Don't you think he can take care of our problems? The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. He came to take care of you and me. He came. To bring salvation to a world that was lost. I love that part. It's not up there on the screen, but there in John, it talked about the, the darkness. There in verse 5, John 1, if you still go at your Bible open, verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Did the darkness try to overcome it? You better believe it did. When Jesus was on this world, that's it, all it tried to do was overcome Jesus. We talked about it a little bit in our Sunday school class this morning. The devil knew that if Jesus got to this cross, it was over for him. He knew that if the perfect sacrifice paid the perfect price for all of our sins, it was over. And so he worked and worked and worked to discredit and to put Jesus down and to try to drive him away and try to drive people away and try to just disfigure him and all the things he could think of. But the darkness could not drive out the light. Amen. Amen. Man, the light has come. This old world was pitch dark. You ever been in a pitch dark place? I'll never forget going in those caves up there at uh, Branson. I've been over to Blanchard Springs, too. And on every cave journey, I've been one up in Merrimack Caverns in St. Louis, too, but they'll take you to a spot and they'll go, you ever been in total darkness? And they'll shut the lights off. 
And I'm telling you, there's not a glimmer, there's not a little beam. It's just like you've got your hand right there and you can't see it. You could just, somebody could be right there and you couldn't see them, just total darkness. That's the way the world was before Jesus came in. We had no hope. We could not see it. But here come the light piercing through the darkness. And the darkness could not overcome it. He tried to snuff him out. The devil tried to snuff it out. Put it out, put it out. You got something burning, you're stomping on it, you're throwing it down, you're st- He tried to do all that, but the darkness could not overcome the light. We serve that light today, amen? And he is our God. That excites me. That's the God we serve. That's the God that Wyatt gave his heart to this morning. That's the God that cares for us. He cares for you. He loves you. We see the bigger picture of love and grace. Romans 2 Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? That's kind of a continuation verse. Guys, when we realize that he created it all, that he holds it all together, that nothing that is made was made without Jesus, when we realize the price that he paid on the cross of Calvary, that he died for my old stinking rotten sins. He died, he paid the price on that cross so I wouldn't have to die. So that you and I would not have to go to a devil's hell. Do we realize the bigger picture of grace? Do we realize how huge this is? Or do we show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? Do you just blow it off and say, I don't believe in that mess. I'm going to live however I want. I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to do what's important to me. I'm going to throw that to the side. Do you you show contempt for that? You know, they say, I'm going to hold you in contempt of court. That means you're going against the will of the court. Will you go against the perfect will of God that has done so much for you that pierced the darkness so that we may have light? Will you just throw that to the side and and live however you want and disrespect God? That's what it's asking. What are you going to do? What's your choice? God did all these things. He did all this. God's kindness, sending his only begotten son. And sending Jesus to be the words that said who I am, he did that so that it would lead you to repentance, to lead you to the cross, to lead you to life everlasting, to lead you to a wonderful, wonderful eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ. He's done this all for you and for me. You start to get the bigger picture here. This is a huge picture. This is a God who is full of emotion and passion and caring for the world and the people and passionate for the people that he created. John 3, 16, I hardly ever have any message that this isn't in it somewhere. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall never perish. That shows you the amazing caring that God has for you through his son, Jesus Christ. How can we continue to live selfish, self-centered and sinful lives when God has done all he can to demonstrate his love for us? How in the world can we make it all about us when he never made it about him? He made it about you. And guys, we live some of the most selfish lives there is. It's always about us. 
It's always, I want more. I need more. I want to look different. I want to look this way. I want, it, I want this. I want this. I want that. I want this. I want that. I want this. Lord, please give me this. Please give me that. It's always about us. Aren't we grateful and aren't we thankful that God wasn't that way? How can we hold on to our sin when Jesus gave up everything for us? I ask myself that question every day. God, how can you keep dealing with the same crazy, stupid stuff every day when God gave up so much for you? How do you keep struggling through the same sin day after day when God gave up so much for you? Why do you hug real close to sin? And why do you get real close to the things that are wrong when God gave up so much for you? It breaks my heart. It seems like all I ever do anymore is when I pray is, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. I wish there was a, a day where I could pray something beside, Lord, forgive me. You look at the people that made a difference, that he made a difference in their life. Mary Magdalene was more than ready to leave her old life before she was transformed by the amazing love of Jesus. Every time you read after Mary was saved, every time you read, there she is. And Jesus and Martha and Mary Magdalene, and she just, she just followed Jesus. She said, well, you know what, wherever you go, I'm going. There's a, there's a couple shows and uh, movies, and they're shooting, you know, they're in there in a shoot-up thing, and, and uh, they go, well, you wait here. And they go, no, wherever you go, and you got the gun, I'm going with you, okay? I'm following you. And that's the way Mary Magdalene was. I'm going to follow Jesus. You see her name over and over and over and over in the New Testament. Wherever Jesus is, guess what? There's Mary. There, Mary's in the crowd. Guys, listen to me. When Jesus is around, we need to be in the crowd. We need to stay in his crowd. We need to be there with him. He has done so much for us. Likewise, Peter, Paul, James, and John, countless others left their former life in order to embrace a brand new life with Christ. That's what he asked us to do. It's a brand new life. It's not God plus my life. It's God bye-bye my life. And we, it's hard to do that. It's hard to do that. But Christ said, I've got a brand new way. I've got a brand new way I want you to follow. I don't want you to come and hold my hand and run back here and touch your old life and come back here and hold my hand. We spend all our time doing that. Oh, I love you, God. Oh, I love my old life. Oh, I love you, God. We, we just two-step our life through, our, our, ourself through life. Jesus said, put that aside. Do, do away with that. Die of that. Let that die and put on my new life and come and follow me. Because that's not going to do you any good. Countless people through the ages up to the present moment have given up everything in order to follow Jesus. They personally experience his love and transforming power. In closing, there is a plan. There is a plan. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. That's kind of sad. The, one that, the very one that created us, we didn't recognize who he was. You know, there's still people today that doubt that that was really the Messiah. There's people today that say that's not really, that wasn't really Jesus. That really wasn't the Messiah. He still got to come yet. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. 
You imagine coming to your own family and they said, I don't even know who you are. You imagine coming to your family that you've given up everything for and you've done so much for them and they said, we don't even know who you are. Sadly, that goes on in the world today. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's the plan. There was many that say no. Here in 2013, sadly, there's many that are still saying no. But I'm telling you, to as many that say yes, he adopts him into the family, and they become children of God. You're entitled to all that the Father has. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. He has a plan. And here's the thing a while ago when he's talking about, I want this and I want that and I want this and I want... Jesus wants you to have it all. You didn't, you didn't know that? Look at this. Father, I want those who have given, you have given to me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you've given me because you love me before the creation of the world. I want them to see all that I am and I want them to have it all. I want them to have salvation. I want them to have eternal life. I want them to have a home in heaven. I want them to have an abundant life now and on into eternity. I want them to never have to be afraid of, their, of death or passing through the shadow of the valley of death. I don't want them to ever fear none of that. I want them to be safe and comforted, and I want them to feel the full blunt of my grace, and I want them to have it all. That's what Jesus said. I want them to have it all. There was only one way that was possible. Jesus had to pay the price. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. Jesus didn't say, you know what, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to pay $30 or I'm going to pay a million dollars for each person and everyone that I buy can get into heaven. It's not with silver and gold. It's not the way that we would redeem things. We, sing a, we used to sing a great hymn, Redeemed, Redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. How do you get redeemed? It's, it's a thing of, we call it bought back. It's, it's with a price. You're paid for. You're bought back from, from all the trouble and all the things that you go through. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. It didn't begin with that picture we've seen at the beginning. I think I got that picture one more time there at the end. It didn't begin with this picture. It began way back in the beginning. Before God ever uttered, let there be light. Before Jesus ever said, let there be heavens and earth, and let there be animals, and let there be water, and sky, and stars, and moon. Before that all began, he said, I'm going to die for those folks if they need me to. I'm going to be there for them. I'm going to pay the price. I'm going to pay the price. Jesus came from glory, and he wants to bring you glory. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Do you look at that picture the same way as you did when we started? You can start to see a whole, a whole bigger picture, can't you? This was, this was just kind of the, maybe the climax of the story, but... I guess 
Further on was the cross might be the climax. And further on was the resurrection. Maybe that's the climax of the story. But you know the amazing thing? I, I believe that the climax is still to come. When you and I, that have given our heart to Jesus, will see a new glorified body. We will be with Jesus Christ forever and ever and ever. No more pain, no more sickness, no more death. The old things have been put away. Jesus said, I'm making all things new. Woo! Making all things new. When Leonardo da Vinci was painting The Last Supper, he came to the very last thing, painting the face of Jesus. And he said, before I paint the face of Jesus, I want to get along and I want to pray because I want to understand who Jesus is. And I want, I want to fully know before I start painting his face, I want to know about God. And he prayed and he prayed and, and he sought God and he sought Jesus and he prayed and prayed. And he studied about him. And he went back that day to paint the picture in the face of Jesus. And his hand trembled so bad that he couldn't even paint because he was overwhelmed by the power and the awesomeness of God. Guys, I'm telling you, when you understand in the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God, it will shake you up so bad, and you will realize what an awesome, mighty God we serve. It will make you tremble that someone can love and care for you like that. In the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God. And Jesus was God. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, we're overwhelmed by who you are. Lord, it's so much more than what we make it. It's so much more than we give to you. Lord, you gave us your all. And Lord, there's days when we're lucky to give you 10%. God, thank you for showing yourself and your words through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you that now that we know Jesus, we know you. Lord, such love, such compassion, such mercy, such grace, I've never known. Nor would I ever know, Lord, if it hadn't been for you. You teach us so much that we tremble. We tremble. Lord, speak to our hearts today. Revive us in our hearts. Revive us in our souls. Lord, let us not grow weary in doing good. Let us not give you half of ourselves. Lord, make us what you want us to be. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In your precious name we pray.